Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 20 of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I speak to the owners of the Stanwood Camino Windermere Real Estate Company, Randy and Marla Hegel. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, Subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. On this episode, I get to speak with Marla and Randy Hegel. Now, in the beginning of my introduction with them, I say Hegel, and I don't know why, but I've always had their last name wrong. So it's Hegel. Um, so anyways, apologize for that in advance. Uh, anyways, they are the owners of Windermere, uh, Stanwood Camino Windermere Real Estate. And so we get into how they got started in real estate, how long they've been on the island, um, why they love Camino so much. And uh, then we get into the Arrowhead Ranch, which is Randy's kind of special project he's working on, and all the different things that they're going on there and what they see as the future for Windermere and Arrowhead Ranch. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Randy and Marla Hegel. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode. Um, on this episode, I'm welcoming Randy and Marla Hegel. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. So before we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about Randy and Marla. Wow, well, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary this last week. We uh, took a little vacation on Maui. and um, But other than that, we're um, Washingtonians, native uh, Seattleites, both born in Seattle. And what else, Ran? Just love living on Camino Island. We love living on Camino. Nice. So what brought you guys to Camino Island? So years ago, my uh, business partner and best friend for many years, um, bought a piece of property up here, and uh, he told me he, that the neighbor had uh, a piece that was coming on. And uh, so it was just kind of a whim to come up, check it out, and fell in love with the place and bought the property. Okay. So then <clears throat> when when was that? Oh, man, that would have been back in uh, about 1990. Okay. Is, uh, when we actually bought it. Okay, very cool. What were you doing in Seattle prior to that then? I uh, lived down in the Lake Forest Park area. And uh, was with a company called Washington Energy Services, and uh, we did all kinds of furnaces, water heaters, uh, home improvements, that kind of stuff. And uh, so when we first moved up here to commute down to Seattle, that was a bit painful. And I'm <laughs> so glad I don't have to do that anymore, particularly with the way traffic is anymore. Yeah. How long were you, were you commuting down there? Until we bought the real estate company, and we bought the that company in 2005. So I think wow. we actually moved up here in about 1999. 99. And uh, yeah, so from yeah. then till uh, 2005 was the commute thing. That is a long time. What were you doing during this time, Marla? So um, I was selling real estate. I started selling real estate in 2001. And um, before that, I was a human resources manager for an international technology company and loved doing human resources and um, also commuted um, from here down to Seattle or the wow. Bothell area to do that. <laughs> and then um, during the dot-com bubble, um, my company closed its Seattle plant. So Got it. I was out of a human resources job and 
wondered what can I do on Camino Island to earn a you know corporate salary like I was making and I really couldn't think of anything and uh, so continued my job search down in Seattle and then one of our friends um, was dating a woman who was a real estate agent and we were at a dinner party with them and she said Marley you should be a real estate agent and I said oh no no I'm a human resources <laughs> person not a real estate agent and she goes no you you should you should come and interview um, there's some space open at our company and um, so I went and interviewed uh, with Dan Leon, and he hired me, and <clears throat> here we are today. Very cool. So what was, if you're able to share, if not, that's fine. Um, what was the real estate company? It was Windermere Real Estate. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, very cool. Yeah. It was when it was located at the plaza. Okay. Um, and evidently there had been a few agents that had recently left, so there was space for new agents, and... Um, and I didn't know much about it, but he said, um, you're hired, go get your real estate license, and and we'll train you, and so I did. Okay. How, how big was the office during that time? Um, this was 2000, 2001. Um, I would say there was probably 15 agents there, but we also had an office at, at the Country Club at that time. Okay. And we had an office at Rocky Point okay. over by Huntington's store. Got at it. that time. So we had the three, and then soon after, um, Dan, Leon, and Ray Mueller, who were the former owners of Windermere, bought this building uh, here at Terry's Corner, yep. the bank building, and it w- became a real estate office. And okay. that's when they asked me to manage. They said, um, we'd love you to, to manage this office for us. And I said, oh, sure, because I was really loving real estate yeah. um, from the very beginning and um, began managing Okay, very cool. So, um, how I guess how big was Windermere in total on the island during that time? Then, so you had fifteen in your office. You said, um, yeah, I would say there was probably about oh, twenty to twenty-five agents. Okay, maybe um, about that time. But we definitely had market share mm-hmm. uh, back then. Yeah, how too. big are you guys now? We have forty-nine agents now. Okay. Very um, cool. Congratulations. At one point, we were, thank you. At one point, we had 75 agents working for our company prior wow. to the Great Recession yep. of 2008. Yeah. Um, and we have now feel like we're at a comfortable amount. Yeah. A good team. Very cool. So um, going back just a little bit, what was both of your guys' back? So your background was HR. Did, did you go to school for that, or did you just kind of work into that? I worked into it. Okay. Yep. Nice. And what about you, Randy? As far as uh, yeah, your uh, background. Yeah, oh, background. Oh, yeah, yeah. so uh, I actually started working at uh, my uh, my best friend and business partner. His uh, his dad had a little water heater company down in Seattle, and uh, so when I was about twelve years old, I started working there. You know, weekends and summers and all that. And when I graduated high school, that's just where I went. I knew that's what I wanted to do, and we grew the company from gosh, probably four or five people at the time to well over a hundred and uh, uh, really enjoyed doing that stuff and yeah. uh, you know hired and fired and put in a lot of equipment and worked a lot of weekends and and did all those things and uh, uh, when the real estate opportunity came along I, I thought man this is gonna be great this is gonna be so much different and fun all the time and I found out that human nature kind of works no matter <laughs> what business you're in and uh, 
But uh, yeah, it's been been a lot of fun. <clears throat> Very cool. Okay, so both of you ended up not doing the college route. You kind of worked your way into your fields and then went from there. Um, this actually wasn't a question I had, but um, it's a conversation that's come up quite a bit, I feel like, with different people I've interviewed. Um, where is your kind of view on college and, and importance versus just jumping into the work field? That's a great question. I mean, I think it, a lot of it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, and, and I think Randy's similar, but he can tell his own version. But um, I just, you know, out of high school, I had three jobs and I was, you know, earning a living and I just, um, I went to community college, but I always felt like my place was just getting out of bed and working hard, you mm-hmm. know? And so I, I ended up um, just always relying on my job and have been able to advance everywhere I've gone just through a strong work ethic. Yeah. And so for me, college wasn't the right path, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think it definitely is so important for others, but yeah. just not me. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think there's kids that are cut out to go to college, and they'll go, they'll get something out of it, and, you know, be uh, productive members of society. I also think that there's a lot of people that go to college that probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're not doing, if you're not enjoying school in high school, I don't know why you would go on to college. And uh, I I just see in in all the different trades, and you see it on Camano Island as well, that there's a lot of these kids that ought to be getting out of school and going to work for a builder or an electrician or a plumber. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I think there's a great opportunity for young people doing that these days. Right. And I was talking with, um, I believe it was Shana we were talking, and um, just that, like, that opportunity, those skill sets are transferable around the world. So, like, if, if world travel is what you want to do, you can take those skills and implement them, you know, around the world, and you don't have to go to college. You don't have to, you know, do other things. So um, I think it's, I do think there is such an opportunity now um, in those different fields, in a lot of different fields. so Absolutely. And then Marla hit something else on the head, the, the work ethic. That's something that, and I imagine our parents said it about us, but uh, there just doesn't necessarily seem to be the same work ethic, and I think that's too bad because that, that's how you get ahead in this world mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing. Get in, work hard at it. Yeah, and that's something like um, growing up, my dad always told me, like, I was never the smartest person in the room, um, but he's like, I would outwork everyone, and that's the only reason why I would ever see success is just from work. And, um, you know, he, he tried to put that into us, me and my sister, when we were growing up. And um, so there's a lot of life lessons there. <laughs> For sure. Um, so then um, how did you get transferred? How did you get started in with Windermere then, or real estate in general? Well, Dan and Ray, who owned the real estate company after Marla had been managing for him for a couple of years, they uh, they knew they were getting to a point where they wanted to sell and go do something else. And uh, so they actually approached us and said, hey, do you have any interest in buying the company? And uh, at the time, I hadn't even thought about it. It hadn't even occurred to me. But uh, again, I had business partners in, uh, in the other business and we said, well, what do you think? Maybe we'll partner up, buy this. Marla can pretty much run it. And... Uh, and then I'll transition into it. And that's really what we did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, unfortunately, the, you know, the 2008 Great Recession or the bubble or whatever you want to call it happened. And, boy, then, then it was no longer fun. We were literally fighting for our lives. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, that, that, that also kind of goes into s- some of our story that uh, uh, why we're part of the reason we're so involved in the community. The previous owners had done a lot of stuff in the community and, 
they were always very generous. They would, you know, write checks for different <clears throat> stuff. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they did some coaching of the Little League teams and that kind of stuff. But um, we just didn't have the money to give anymore. Yeah. And uh, so we would, we would offer ourselves instead. We'd say, okay, well, we've got a group of people. Do you need volunteers? What is it that we can show up and do that will help but that won't cost cash? Yeah. And, uh, and we also had chairs for our sales meetings and tables and stuff like that. So we started lending that stuff out to different people. And um, that just kind of became the beginning of what we really love to do is get involved in whatever's going on in the community. Anything we can do to, to help somebody or help an event, we love to do that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's been clear. Um you know, as, as I've gone to more and more events in this area and been more involved with the chamber and stuff, um, I mean, usually there's a Windermere tent and they're either doing burgers or hot dogs or hot chocolate or what have you. And they're, they're always there and, and involved in, and there it's involved both on the, I would say the, the corporate level of like, uh, as Windermere as a whole, and then as individuals as well, you see many of the Windermere agents and, um, throughout the community working in different volunteer positions and things like that. So... Um, is that something that, like, does it just flow from the top, or is that something that was kind of more intentionally built in as you guys were building, working on building Windermere more? Well, I would say that Windermere is a corporation. You know, they're based out of Seattle, and uh, they're very philanthropic uh, through the Windermere Foundation and, and stuff like that. Uh, they're probably not as small community-minded as what we are. Um, and, you know, because of our location and so forth, some of our agents, we have just amazing agents that get involved in all kinds of different stuff. So it's super easy, super fun for us to support them. And, uh, and then it works the other way when there's something that we have a passion for that we say, hey, we want to do the soapbox derby. We're looking for some volunteers. And uh, gosh, 90% of our people sign up and show up and work their butts off and have a smile on their face. And so it's, it's a lot of fun. As an example, this morning we had our sales meeting and we said, okay, chili chowder cook-off is coming up. We're going to do the bar, which we've been doing for a number of years, and then we're going to have our booth. And so we need people to sign up for shifts to do that. And they, um, our team knows that's coming, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, and when we hire somebody, we say part of the expectation of working here is to do um, time at community events. And yeah. it's fun, you know? Yeah. We And we have fun with it with... Um, you know, giving out different things or, you know, wearing T-shirts that are similar or with our new brand or yeah. whatnot. So we try to make it as fun as possible. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys um, had a good background pairing in that you were, that, uh, Randy, you were managing people and stuff with, with an HVAC and that, Marla, you were already working with HR and so you kind of had a strong background in that aspect. Um, so that, I think that's really neat that those were very complimentary and um, so how, how did that go with, with that? Um, when did you guys make that decision that you guys would be working together on this as, as partners and stuff? And how's that gone? Well, after Dan and Ray asked us to buy the business, um, it was a real big decision. And I didn't mention that I did, before I went to work for the uh, large company, I did work for Randy's HVAC company in oh, HR. Okay. So I knew that's how I originally met Randy and okay. um, his partner. And um, so we we were a couple um, back through all this, and mm -hmm. so so he knew, um, you know, we knew we could work together. Yeah, well, because we'd worked together part. before, and if, and so um, then he said, well, gosh, if uh, 
if I could just move my office up here to Stanwood Camino and not have to commute every day, that would be great. And, and so he did. And he got his uh, real estate license and managing broker's license at that time. And, and then we found out that it was better if we were in separate offices. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, why he sits in Stanwood and I sit on Camino. It just wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going that great when, yeah. <laughs> when well, we shared I, an office. You know, it is something um, I think that, that shouldn't be overstated as well. Like, I've, I've known lots of family businesses and small businesses. And, um, you know, with I do think it just works. I mean, the, the complementary skill set is always a plus. Yeah. Um, but also having each person have their own department or how they manage or run a certain area. Like we, there's a, there's a family, there's a bakery up in Bow that, um, we used to work at and the wife would work, like was in charge of the ancillary. So all the cookies, the pastry stuff, and the husband was focused solely on the bread, make sure the bread was perfect and everything. And they just found that worked for them. Right. So, right. um, I, I think there's a lot to be said that, you know, you were, and, um, and then also being able to manage the, are we in at work? Are we like having work conversations or is this family right. time? Right. Um, so, but you, obviously it's going well because you guys were able to do a nice little trip out. Yeah. Um, very cool. Congratulations again on, on 10 years. That's exciting. Thank you. Um, okay. So then, um, let's see, where am I? <laughs> um, okay. So, um, and I don't, I'm not positive on the timeline, but more recently, you guys have started working on a Windermere rebrand, and, and you've been working on it. Um, when did that start, and how did that come about? Uh, great question. So a couple of years ago, we realized that um, just not just the real estate industry, but life and business was moving quick. And we definitely always want to be relevant. So we ended up hiring Matic, mm -hmm. which is a, a local marketing firm. And... They have helped us. Um, our first campaign was We Are Stanwood Camino. So they ba basically helped us rebrand. Um, we took the new Windermere logo and, you know, just kind of localized it a little bit. And just beca we wanted to let the community know that we live here and we work here. And we understand this island. We understand some of the quirks with the wells and the road easements and septic systems and all those things and mm -hmm. that we are professional and that we work here and that we want to help you. So that was really the, the uh, impetus behind We Are Stanwood Camino was just to reach out locally and say, we're here for you. Yeah. We want to help. Yeah. So I have to assume that uh, when you see somebody drinking a Starbucks coffee or something like that, it must drive you crazy. You go, wait a minute, why wouldn't you? And, and that's how we feel. We feel that if, if you're either going to buy or sell on Camino Island, why would you use anybody other than Windermere? We mm -hmm. just believe we have the best people that can do the best job. And it sort of drives us insane when we see people from out of the area that come up here to, to sell real estate. And nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But they don't necessarily understand the ins and outs of it. Right. And uh, so it, it, we're, we're just always looking to get that message out. We don't want to be the, the ones on mute. We want people to know that we believe we'll do the best job that can be done for you. Yeah. And I think that's true in business. And, like, you have to believe that about your own business or you shouldn't probably be in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't feel that you're, you can provide the best value for what you're charging and everything like that, then then what value are you bringing if you can't believe? So exactly, that's very cool. Um, so then, so you guys started down that path. So Windermere it, uh, corporately allows you to kind of modify slightly on things like that, logos and very slightly. Okay. Yes. 
There's Very a cool. whole manual of graphic standards. Yes. Well, that's what <laughs> I was surprised because like most, a lot of big companies and stuff, um, they won't like, they're like, nope, this is, this is what it is. Like, right. we don't want you. We Early on, we in, introduced them to Matic mm-hmm. and we said, hey, we've hired Matic and we'd like you two to work together to make everything flow. Yeah. Social media wise, um, digital ads, print ads, everything like that. Very cool. So then um, you've gotten the, through that major part. Are you guys starting other projects then that are kind of flowing from that? Um, we do have our current campaign is called Welcome to Camino Island. And as a matter of fact, today we're shooting a video. Um, I think it's called Choose Your Adventure or Find Your Adventure. Um, and it's just following a couple around Camino Um seeing them do a lot of the things that are available to do in the fall. Because a yeah. lot of things, you know, people think about crabbing and fishing and all of those awesome things you can do in the summer. But right now, um, what other things can we do here? And so we're focusing on that right now. And it's called the Welcome to Camino Island campaign. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, my, uh, my family and I, I think last Thursday, it was overcast during the day and then I, so I texted my wife. I was like, let's go on a hike at Barnum Point. I kept hearing about it with the kids. Let's go there. We'll do a hike, and then we'll get dinner at Tapped. And um, right as she got here and we headed over there, it started dumping rain. Oh. So don't worry. You can always do a hike in the rain on Camino, too. So. <laughs> you did it. Good. Yeah. So we, we did the shortest hike there we could. Isn't that so. an amazing uh, place? It is. It was really neat. And, uh, like, I'd love to go back and explore it more because, like, there was all the different trails, um, great for kids, like, um, just all the trails to the woods. And um, I remember as a kid I would run through, you know, we would play around in the woods as kids and stuff like that. And it definitely brings that feel because there's less of that on Camino now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really neat neat thing. So. All right. Um, Randy, um, you've started actually another project on Camino. Um, and it's been going for a little while now, but tell us about uh, Arrowhead Ranch. Oh, the Arrowhead Ranch. That is my dream and my nightmare all wrapped up into one. But uh, long story short, we've been doing the All-American Soapbox Derby in Stanwood Camino now for 12 years, and we always did that on a street in Stanwood, and it was just an awesome location, and the city was always very helpful with it, but it was a lot of extra work. It was a real pain. And so I had always told Marla that one of these days I want to find a piece of property that we can just put a track on so that we can just do this a lot a lot simpler. And um, gosh, I had been driving by that particular piece of property on Arrowhead Road uh, for a couple of years and it had been for sale. And it just wasn't, it was overpriced and never really occurred to me that that had the right shape to it. And then, uh, I don't know if you remember that empty uh, building in town, the uh, old hardware store, Ace Hardware, back behind Hagen's there. Okay, yeah. And they it's now used, the Dollar Tree, I yeah, think. Or the yeah, Dollar Store. Um, and they, they would lend that to us. People that owned that building when it was vacant, um, they would lend it to us to use for the soapbox derby. And I would stand in there and I'd tell Marla, man, I would love to buy this building. And she said, well, what would you do with it? And I said, well, it would be great for the soapbox derby for once a year. But, uh, <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be cool to put in a maker space or do something like that? And uh, anyhow, as I was thinking about that, it started to become the, you know, I'm going to do something one way or another. And, uh, and then it happened to be going by that piece of property on Arrowhead Road, and they'd reduced the price. I saw it come up with a pretty significant price reduction. And I just called her up and said, Marla, we got to buy this thing. And it gives me my 
soapbox derby track, you know, or a place to do it. It yeah. gives us a big building where we can build the cars and so forth, and someday it'll be a makerspace as well. So my dream <coughs> is uh, to continue to do that soapbox derby and other things that come, come along with that, like, you know, the Olympic luge team was out there this summer, and we just heard they picked two kids from the area to put into their program. Oh, very cool. Um, and then we just started up the little axe-throwing part of it. Mm-hmm. That was actually an Eagle Scout project. It was uh, Jonathan uh, Haglin uh, was a soapbox derby kid a few years ago, and then he called me up, and he says, hey, I, I need an Eagle Scout project, and he says, I'd love to do something at the Arrowhead Ranch. You got any ideas? And uh, so that we kind of oh, brainstormed it. Oh, very cool. And, uh, and it started out, it, it was just going to be a, you know, kind of a fenced-off chain-link area, and it turned out that his uh, grandpa was a retired builder, and as we got to talking about it, he said, well, gosh, we had to put a roof on it, and we had to do this and ought to do that. And pretty soon it was a <laughs> full-blown pole building. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, and then, uh, so the soapbox derby, the axe-throwing part of it, um, we're doing some uh, charcuterie board classes there. What's, and, what's that? Uh, I'm going to let Marla tell you about that. Okay. Well, um, so during the process of getting the ranch ready, they took down a few trees at the ranch, and um, we have... Actually, Randy got me for Christmas one year a sawmill mm-hmm. so he could um, plane these or cut these trees into uh, lumber lumber yeah, um, at the ranch. So anyway, but we've got these lo- uh, long live edge wood slabs okay. that we've cut into chunks. And the, the people who take the class can pick out their own slab and they can sand it down and um, put some mineral oil on it and it becomes a beautiful uh, live edge wood slab to put charcuterie or uh, cured meats, cheeses, crackers, wow. um, okay. anything. You know, you can put, uh, we saw some cookies on one this morning, but <laughs> you can put anything really on one of these boards uh, food Oh, very cool. And then we put a little Arrowhead Ranch brand on it and, and you can take it home. So we've been starting some simple classes like that. Uh, we just scheduled two wreath-making classes for December. Okay. Um, just things where we, we use local... Um, wood or greens or whatever mm-hmm. uh, we can find, but it's it's just been really fun because the the items that people can bring home are pretty relevant and yeah and fun and yeah that's yeah great. and so that's kind of the beginning of what this whole makerspace is about. And a lot of people don't understand what a makerspace is, and it's it's really like a community shop. Okay. And so if you uh, took a look at the Stanwood High School and said, okay, they have a wood shop, and these are the tools and equipment they have, and this is what they have in the metal shop, and you can weld, and you can use a cutting torch and a plasma table. So those are all things that, uh, that we'll have over at the Arrowhead Ranch, and some of the machinery is already over there. Uh, it's a matter of getting, getting it hooked up, getting it working, and, and then there's so many talented people in this community that, you know, Boeing people, car people artists, all of that stuff. So as we look down the road, I'd love to have some different leather making or, you know, leather wallet, come make a leather mm-hmm. wallet, come make a leather belt. Um, the wreaths will be a fun one. Uh, I'm just waiting for some uh, equipment to come in that's blacksmithing type stuff. So come over, take a class, how to take a railroad spike and <coughs> make it into a letter opener or a corkscrew or yeah. that type of stuff. So Oh, uh, that's very cool. Yeah, the dream is to have, have a place where people can come together and share ideas and create stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. How did, how did you get involved with the Boxcar Derby then? How did you get connected with them? Uh, so when Marla and I um, first bought the company, uh, we were looking for something that would be a 
community type event that would bring the businesses and the families together. And, you know, there's always been Little League and junior football and all of those things, but we thought, you know, if your kid's not an athlete, what are some other things that, that might work and how do you really get the businesses involved in it? And uh, we happened to be driving through Seattle and we saw these uh, soapbox cars that had been built for a uh, Red Bull uh, soapbox. And they were just the most amazing, beautiful. They, they were shaped like fish and they were made out of metal. I mean, probably a couple of Boeing engineers built them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we stopped and looked at them and asked mm-hmm. them what they were for and they told us. And as soon as I got home, I got on the internet and got on the phone and got in touch with Red Bull and said, hey, we want to do one of these in our town. And they said, great, how big is your town? And we said, well, it's about 15,000. And uh, they said, oh, not even close. They said, you know, Seattle <laughs> isn't even big enough for one of these. So <laughs> it's not going to be a Red Bull. But as we were doing the, or as I was doing the research, I kept coming across the All-American Soapbox Derby. And uh, so reached out to them and they had one up in Mount Vernon at the time. So we drove up there and watched their race and kind of saw how it all worked. And you know, all these little cars with the kids in them, and they have company names on them, and it was just really a neat thing. And it was like, okay, this would be a really neat thing to bring to Stanwood. And uh, so, we'll, you know, it's grown every year since we've done it, and we really enjoy it and have fun with it. Yeah, that's very cool. So so when you get involved with that, you actually have to, like, do it from the ground up. It's not like they come in and help you kind of run the whole project yep that's exactly okay. right and and what was funny at the time one of our agents uh ed benarzak who uh, does voiceover work and some other stuff on uh, Camino here um he was sitting in the office one day and i told him i said you know i just uh got off the phone with the people from this thing called the soapbox chair and he goes oh my god he says you know he was from uh uh, Culpeper, oh, Culpeper, Virginia, yeah. and he had been okay. very involved in, in setting up and running their race back there. And uh, so he said, man, I can put you in touch with the people. Oh, and cool. So uh, he was just instrumental in really helping us put the thing together. And, uh, so, he, But, yeah, then we had a local, we built these big old starting ramps. Evan from uh, Cascade Lumber, he's yeah. always super generous. And he gave us the materials to build some starting ramps, and they were big, clunky things. And <laughs> at the time, we did our practice runs up where Copper Station is now. They had put in all the streets and sidewalks and curbs, and then, you know, the everything went bust in real estate, so the thing was sitting there vacant. So we do our practice stuff up there, and... Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been quite a ride. It's been a very fun thing. And I remember in the very first year, they said the All American Soapbox Derby said you need twelve cars to hold a race, right? Yeah. And it was kind of touch and go. Like, uh oh, are we going to have twelve cars? And I remember, you know, we ended up buying a few extra cars, and a couple of our agents bought cars, but we made it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just saw a photo the other day of the original race of all these brand new little cars. But now this last year. Uh, we had 97 cars. Wow. Which was really exciting. That's um, awesome. So it's really grown every year. Um, it's becoming a little wider known. And, and all of the amazing things that kids can learn from building a car, mm-hmm. all those steam skills, you know, because yeah. they're learning, you know, how the brake works, how the steering works, you know, how the wheels attach, and, and then getting to build it and then drive it down the car. Is, it's just fun seeing the light bulbs come on for these kids. Yeah, no, that's awesome, because we've done, um, like, you know, as a kid, and then my kids have done, like, the pine car, yeah. pine wood. It's, yeah. like, mm-hmm. a, a real version of that. Right, um, yeah, life-size. Yeah, but that's that's really cool. That's, now, how old are your kids? Uh, my two oldest are eight right now. They're twin girls, uh, and then I've got a six-year-old son and a three-year-old son. Well, seven so. years old is when it starts. 
I would expect to see a couple eight-year-olds out there trying it this year. All right. You know, yeah. at least they can come a, and practice Yeah, with they can Randy. come practice and see if they enjoy it. Okay. Super fun event. Yeah. No, they would love that. They would love to be able to. They're always up for trying new things. So Perfect. And you probably have a lot of spare time, too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Um, so, um, uh, Marla, what do, you get, what do you see as the future of Windermere moving forward, then? Oh, Gosh, so many things. I am I am excited. I love, you know how Randy is so passionate, of course, about Windermere, but really uh, also about the ranch. Mm-hmm. And he's an idea guy. He's basically very exhausting, as you can tell. He's got lots of big plans. But I just, I love Windermere, and I'm focused on, on what we do. Um, I guess I'm, I'm really optimistic about the future. Our team, um, we're continuing to grow our team. You know, every once in a while, people move on, um, and we hire new people, which I think is, is great. I mm-hmm. mean, it's always hard to lose somebody, but at the yeah. same time, I think turnover is somewhat good. Um, and, gosh, I, I think we do a good job in staying up on, you know, what's going on with um, – we have a forecaster on staff too at uh, uh, Windermere. Okay. Uh, corporate uh, economist. Economist. Yes, yes, not really forecast. Anyway, but he he forecasts the, fu- okay. uh, the future, which is so helpful. But then I also do a monthly statistical report, so we can stay up to date on what's really happening here, hyperlocal yeah. in Stanwood Camino. Mm-hmm. Um, we I don't know. We just have weekly meetings. Uh, with our team. So we're all kind of on the same page as we go forward. I mean, real estate is always changing. Mm -hmm. There's always disruptors going on out there. But at the end of the day, um, people are always going to buy and sell real estate. And we want to be here to help them. Yeah, that's very cool. And you guys, um, as far as like training and everything like that, of getting people up to speed within the as a real estate agent, um, do you guys have, does Windermere have programs? Do you guys have programs? How does that all work? Um, both. So uh, for a brand new agent, uh, Windermere has a, a class called ProStart that we okay. would send a brand new agent to that's a week long. And that's where they, when you when you take the real estate tests, by the way, you kind of learn, or when you take the real estate classes to take the test, you basically learn how to pass the test. You don't really okay. know how to sell real estate when you get your license, <laughs> right? You just kind of know you can pass the test. So um, then we send a new agent down to ProStart. Uh, for the week, and that's when they start to learn a little bit more about forms and contracts and conversations and things like that. And then they come back with us, and um, we send them to a class called Ninja Selling, which is basically talks about, um, we don't, I don't really know how to explain that selling real estate is more a relationship yeah. than, you know, it's an attraction versus yeah. going out and pursuing right. someone. And so it's it's just basically relationship-based yeah. conversations and things like that, because truly we are just here to help people. We mm-hmm. are not here to pursue. And, you know, sometimes real estate agents get a bad reputation and right. we, we just don't want to participate in that. And we talk about that a lot is, yeah. you know, why are we really here? Um, yeah. And I, I um, just jumping in for a sec, uh, like, the my podcast with Jim Ayers um, just just aired, but it uh, he he went over that as well. Like he's like, yeah, every time I end up like getting a new customer and stuff, we like we become friends, and like um, that's kind of been a common theme with talking to local real estate agents stuff. Like that's definitely the feeling they have is like, yeah, it's like we're friends, and then I'm just happy to show them houses and stuff. 
Right, right. We are, we're all residents here and we mm -hmm. love it here, you know, and we, we're excited when somebody else wants to come here because yeah. this is a magical place. Yeah. You know, that there's nothing that's impossible here on this island and it's a really great place to live and work. And so anytime people want to come up and join us, we would love to help them. Yeah. That's very so. cool. All right. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions. Um, so I'll ask them and I'll let one and then the other answer. Um, so on the first one, uh, do you have a lesser known or favorite location on Kameno Island that you like to hang out? Oh, I can go first on that one. Um, absolutely. Arrowhead Ranch. That is where I like to spend my every <laughs> sure. spare moment. But there are so many amazing, cool places on Kameno Island. Uh, Kama Beach happens to be one of my favorites. I just think that is a, just a magical spot down there. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I am also going to say Arrowhead Ranch, and I never thought it would be Arrowhead <laughs> Ranch, but at sunset, yes. when you're down by the axe throwing mm -hmm. barn and the sun filters through the trees, and we've always lived you know, near the water, so I, I kind of think Camino Island, you need a view of the water, but man, that, that territorial view down by the axe barn is beautiful, and yeah. I love it at Arrowhead Ranch. Yeah, well, and we had the chamber, the final chamber uh, barbecue that day, and I was down, I happened to be down there right during that time, and it was, it was beautiful, it was, um, it was before everyone else had come down, it was like just quiet, um, and it felt very peaceful, I was like, oh, I just go out there and hang out, but. <laughs> yeah, anytime. Very cool. All right, um, pretend you guys have a friend coming in from out of town, what would their first day look like here? You know, what I would say is uh, I, I just would go to summertime, but uh, we love to bring people over to the little bakery and get a cup of coffee here. And then and a cinnamon roll. And <laughs> the, oh, some of us do cinnamon rolls, some of us others. Um, and then if crabbing's open, we love to make that part of it. Yeah. Uh, again, that's just a magical thing for people that have never done it mm -hmm. or that don't get to do it all the time and really enjoy doing that. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes just driving around the island, too, to Showing them homes we know. An Arrowhead Ranch. Yeah, yeah and of course, I'll <laughs> the Arrowhead Ranch. How about you, Marlo? Same. I mean, just, I mean, I think it, it's fun to start here at the marketplace mm -hmm. and then just take off from there and maybe come back for lunch at Tapped or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and maybe I, hit the I, winery too, the yes. um, Edward Lynn. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's, um, you know, I grew up here. And so, like, you know, you grow up going crabbing in the summer and it's, you know, part of what your routine is. And then you, people from not around here, like they, they've never done that, you know, they've never experienced that. And so, um, it's really neat to be able to do that. We did that with our kids. Uh, my dad took, um, well, I was with them, but we took the kiddos out for the first time crabbing this year. Oh, and, fun. um, it's just hilarious how each one does it like interacts with it. Cause like my son, my older son was like super into like learning to be able to pick up the crab and like hold it. He's like, all right, I got it. And then one of my daughters was like, I want to see, I want to see. And then when they got dumped out, she just went to the back of the boat, was like, I'll stay back here and watch. <laughs> so, and then my other one's, you know, my other daughter's concerned, like, are they doing okay? Are they happy? Like, super, super animal lover. So oh, that's, cool. that's great. Um, all right. Uh, who is an interesting or fascinating person in this community that I should interview next? My gosh, there are so many, let's, so many choices. Let's pick one. I've picked mine. All right. You can list a few. I'm, I'm happy to. All right. I'm going to okay. throw a couple out there. I, business people are who fascinate me. To mm -hmm. be able to operate a business on Camino Island, it's a unique thing, I think. Uh, so I would say John Ebner, and he brings the art and the business together. Uh, I think Mark from Huntington's Store. 
he would be an interesting guy to talk to. And then probably Bruce from Commando Marine. Those oh. are kind of who I would lean awesome. towards. Marla, how about you? Um, pharmacist Mark Phibbs. Yeah. That had the pharmacy here locally and now is at QFC. He's a fascinating person. Yeah. yeah and fun. To have fun and fascinating. Yeah. Very cool. I'm just taking notes. That's why there's a pause. Um, okay. All right. And then lastly, if you could have a message on a billboard right as you're driving on the island, uh, what would that say? We have four billboards on the island. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's you know? Paul Windermere. And they say, um, no, they say, welcome to Camino Island. And that's um, what they say. I mean, I think that is, you know, really, that's what we feel. When we see somebody new to Camino, mm-hmm. we want them to feel welcome. And, um, and all of our boards say, welcome to Camino Island. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. I like Do it. you think? <laughs> Welcome to the Arrowhead Ranch. Yeah. (laughs) Come visit. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast today. Well, you're welcome. Thank thank you for for having having us. us. That was fun. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Randy and Marla for joining me on the podcast. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you, if you want more information on this episode or previous episodes, go to kamenocommons.com slash podcast. That's kamenocommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.